What's up everyone, this is Sarah G and it is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. There has been a lot going on, as you can tell. If you listened to my podcast last week, you already know. I had a interesting little blurb happen in my life. Blip, as you would say. I also just was frustrated. If you listen to it, I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for all of you. I appreciate a lot of things. There has been a lot going on in my professional, my personal life, etc. And yes, I'm going to talk about ancestry a lot this week because I had just gone on a trip to Luxembourg studying just my cultural roots. I am majority from the northern part of France in my family. Don't really know a lot about that side because growing up and both sides of my grandpas have roots there as well, but they both claimed, which again, my grandpa actually on my dad's side is still more Irish than he is French, but you never realize how much of these layers go into everything. So with that being said, my Monday mood is just Europe. I know there's problems everywhere, etc., but I'm really just going to be talking about just Europe's you know, paid sick leave. Sean King mentioned a bunch of things, and I think that we need to adopt more of that lifestyle. I completely understand that there's so many layers to this and many issues that both countries have, and I'm not trying to beg on something per se. I just thought that I want to mention how good it was to be there and just kind of have the more calming lifestyle that goes with it. Some people have said as they've moved from Europe to the U.S. that we live to work, they work to live, and it's really just fascinating to watch all of that. Now, I am getting my Luxembourg citizenship because my great-grandma was 100%. And what is Luxembourg? This tiny country between Belgium, Switzerland, Germany, France, they originally only spoke French. There's been so many different issues with the fighting over this tiny little country. It is probably, it's in the top five smallest. That and Malta probably are the top two. And we never know how much more we're going to have to deal with here. But as more time goes on, you begin to understand what is your capacity of life And it just goes to show how much I don't even know, even being connected to a lot of my ancestral stuff. Here's the reason why. Growing up, I asked a lot of questions about the French side that we barely even talked about because we weren't technically that French. My grandpa's like half and half once you do the research and understanding. And yes, we're from farm towns in the Moselle region, which meant that When Germany attacked, we got some of the same last names because during the time periods, it constantly fought over. I am also a living descendant of a bodyguard that works with Napoleon Bonaparte. And the more research I do there, my grandpa always made a joke that there would be a potential that Napoleon actually was uh, our relation relative. 
But when you do the real details and look in the book that I have, things add up. And then you begin to wonder what exactly was he trying to say with that? Because 10 to 12 years ago, he was telling me this thing and I was like, oh, that's so freaking cool. And, you know, he wasn't denying anything except for he was just kind of like, you'll understand someday. And he passed away in 2021, and no surprise that a year and a half later, I'm suddenly understanding what he meant by, yeah, no, it's not really that cool. Now, I do, though, stand by that it probably didn't actually happen because my descent, the person I descend from was a six foot four guy from Moselle region of France, n- near Strasbourg. Let's go with it. But he was a 16-year-old boy that was forced into fighting the French Revolution, being the bodyguard for Napoleon. And there is something later in this book that I have of family that states that Napoleon actually kind of helped him get to the U.S. I don't know how accurate this is. Again, this is all family stories being passed down for generation after generation after generation. This specific person that I'm related to is my great-grandpa by three times. He was my grandfather's great-grandpa. Okay, so again, who knows? But when you go through France and fully understand the history that goes inside, and when I was on the Eiffel Tower, my tour guide who was from Algeria, which I don't know how I forgot where Algeria was, because I I know some people that have connections there. And when I said North Africa, he asked me, where did I think? And of course, he said the biggest part. And my stupid brain immediately goes to South Africa, because that's the biggest part. But that's not in North Africa. I said, Egypt, Morocco. Why did I forget where Algeria was in that moment? That is just a little side note. But he is from Algeria, and he does all this stuff that is... Very interesting in a sense of what we know or don't know about the history that goes along with other countries. Because he learned everything before immigrating to Paris. He knew more than native Parisians knew about their own country. And they kept asking him, how do you know this? And that's kind of the same deal. I now go and I can search all these things about all these different countries. And now I'm going to search one Algeria after what he said. And it just, yeah. But as he was telling stories of the different people that had different connections to the Eiffel Tower or the history of France, he mentioned Napoleon and all the things that Napoleon did to him, like make him and his ego bigger. And then when you read up on how many mistresses that center that man had, there's no surprise. But I just, I don't know, man. But he did have connections to Sardinia, and I have some Sardinia, very, very, very distant, but they also were the original farmers, so I guess that could also lead to where my great-great-great-grandpa was from, But because he was a farmer in, again, Moselle, France region. We don't know much more. I know he, 
like I know the actual location, but I will butcher it. And after spending a week in France and Luxembourg, where they speak a majority of French, and I'm starting to learn more. Last year, I thought that by this time this year, I'd be way better. Not really. Luckily, when I was in Paris, there was a few Spanish speakers. But the funny part is when I spoke Spanish, which I speak at Fluent, the waiter that was helping them out had the audacity to tell me I was being a show-off. This waiter spoke four languages. English, German, French, and Arabic. I understand that you probably want to know Spanish better and to make a sale and you're already ripping us off. I can't. Can't wait to tell you that other story coming up. But don't look at me and my American ass that knows two languages and be like, show off. Because if you really want to talk about who's the show off here, it's you. And the only reason I say this is I've been kind of love-hate with this. But my grandpa's grandmother was born in France. And even though we know that it probably wasn't going to happen that I would learn French or she would pass it down, my great-grandma understood French as well and Luxembourgish, but did not. And I know it's part of the whole Americanization, U.S. civilization, assimilation, but that would have really helped me out. Especially because I keep finding out, yes, there are more and more and more times of you know, the the words in the English language is way more Latinized than you think, especially Francoized. That sounded very bad, but that's in sense to Franconian, Franco, I, I can't, yeah. It sounds bad either way when I try to say the Frenchophone size. Anywho, so I guess my takeaway from that, aside from I'll tell you more about all the foods that I had, etc., that just kind of, to me, felt interesting. And then my mom kept asking me questions like, do you feel a connection here? Yes and no. But the more things that started to pop up, I knew, which I understand people are going to say, you are so weird for saying this. I knew my ancestors were with me. I knew my great-great-great-grandpa was with me. Because the minute that we stepped near, like, Napoleon's burial grounds, I got a whiff of, like, cow manure. And I don't know where it was coming from, but he was a farmer, and I just knew it. And if everyone thinks that that's crazy, that's fine. But aside from that, I also know that my grandpa on my mom, on my dad's side, had some roots to the Moselle region as well, and therefore I got him a little remembrance thing because he talks about some of his family members, his grandmother, who was from that country, and I think it's important that we keep getting connected to our roots because I've been so Americanized, like I've talked about, even with my Irish, my Irish is only like 25%. I am 55% Northwestern Europe, which includes all those countries. You can search it up. But when you think about it, I am only 25% Irish to 30% at this point. And that's fine. And people can say, with your last name, we thought very much you'd be like 100% or half. And 
both my grandparents are like 75% and we don't know much more except for my great grandpa, my grandma's father, my dad's side was from Ireland as I've talked about. And this goes into another kind of interesting family connection story that makes me start to think more differently. But I was sitting waiting to get my Luxembourg citizenship into the borough of government. And anyway, we were talking about different things. And then I said my last name. And then this guy from Ireland who was a teacher who was getting his teaching certificate to be able to live in Luxembourg, etc. We were talking about different things. And then he said to me that when I was talking about how I unfortunately am trying to learn Gaelic, Gelgi, because of it being a dying language and learning more about the Celtic side of me, especially. He said, given that it was the 1800s, etc., when the famine happened that my great-grandpa was a part of, there's a reason why he pushed English so hard. And nowadays, people speak more English, and there's just so much, you know, levels, etc., and just the way that people are with life it's confusing, and I know people are going to look at me like, why are you talking about all this again? It's because I always want to find justice for my ancestors in some way, and also, I keep finding out how fucked up everything is, and before you ask, what do you mean? It's like, I look at every single thing that has happened in world history. Nobody's been kind to each other. Everyone's invading everyone. Everything is fucked. And I know that my ancestors have done more things to fuck up other countries. But let's face it. Everything is fucked. I am not a white Angelo Saxon. When you look at everything that my family's been through, I also have potential Huguenot ancestry that my grandpa would not shut up about at one point. Uh, not on my mom's side. But when I read up more on what that actually meant, like, because to me, when I read all those things, to me, I'm just like, okay, Gramps. Okay, Papa. Okay. Like, when they give me this information, like, what am I supposed to do with that? I just think it's a, okay, but they were still French. But until you realize how much of that was being stripped of their identity, you go, oh shit, no, that actually means something. And I've just been taking time to process. I even went out of the way to message one of my new acting coaches because I was curious, like, what do you do when you find out? Because there is this thing again where I go back circling to the guy that was my guide on my Paris Eiffel Tower. He said how Netflix hasn't asked for any sort of thing or any information that on Napoleon, etc., the whole French Revolution. I know there's a lot going on. Hulu, HBO Max, if any of you are listening. But for me, it's less about giving Napoleon, because Napoleon's ego, like he mentioned, was huge and just he was an asshole to literally everyone. He probably had syphilis, too. I mean, look, reading through everything that he did, yeah. My point being is that I want to know more about the soldiers. I want to know more about my ancestor. I am, again, saying that I am living proof of what happened. And... I think that that could make a great miniseries, but I wouldn't even know where to start. And my gramps on my mom's side used to joke, because we had this much information, that this could be a book or a movie. And the thing is, yeah, now I see what he means. 
but I, I know how hard it is and I also don't understand everything that goes along and there's just so many nuances that it's uh, who the hell knows anymore and I just get so freaked out about everything I'm taking it all in. I'm the talker. I'm the ADHD or like I've joked. But, you know, I've started to think because all of those ancestors shoved down so much of their emotions. It was so messed up. The fact, again, that my great, great, great grandpa had to go to war at 16 and essentially get married like a 19, 20, even 21, and maybe having a kid before then. Who knows? We don't really know how much this stuff lines up, how ac- I mean, it's pretty damn accurate if you look at his freaking book. There is a huge-ass book. But just all the things that go on, it's like, unless you were a royal aristocrat or something, or you had enough money to pay off, you had to go to war. You had to go to war. I learned that when I was in the Strasbourg Museum, learning about Moselle-Alsace region, because it's so important. And, you know, his mother, they state multiple times, she was so worried about him, like anyone else. But, you know, I just know that they weren't also that physical, emotional with each other, that it just kind of was repressed the whole time and I just think because I think that sometimes my family's repressed and emotion like emotionless or too emotional but you know just all of this stuff is trauma response like our bodies hold on to so much and I didn't realize how much my body my through my ancestors have endured so I just start to think about that a lot more too and I hope that if you have a chance to explore some things not everything is gonna be great not everything is gonna be clean not everything is gonna be fantastic and I mean again when you hear things nonchalantly about your Irish side you know things are not great just saying so this is at least a little I don't know but my point is that everyone has skeletons in their closet, and it sucks. Now, moving on to the very great parts of my trip. I loved it. It was just great to be back as well. I do know some words like bonjour and au revoir or au revoir. Again, I butcher all of the pronunciation I have started to pronounce it kind of Spanish like and it just does not go over well eh. yeah like when I was saying mercy I would roll my r's and there's words that I know like sans gluten and then when I would try to make a, even a sentence out of it it would turn into Spanish and people would look at me so I just was like gluten free I will say if you're someone like me who has Hashimoto's or like Graves or celiac or other celiac slash non-celiac sensitivities that are really sensitive depending on your level I mean celiac has to be a hundred percent I'd say Hashimoto's Graves and some of those other, it should be definitely 95% gluten-free, but I know the struggles that they're trying so hard, but I think again with the language barrier, I just personally should learn more French and understand it more and try to be clearer because when I asked, again, I did very well, and again, a lot of the fries were 
gluten-free, etc. But when you try to explain it, some places get it and some places don't. And no matter how much research you try to do or see the list, you never know where it's going to happen. Vacation, and that's beyond true. Now, it's a little trickier if you have celiac or something like I do. And I know that she's touched on this, but that's why she's only really had like one to three restaurants she can deal like with while she's eating on vacation. And that's true. I only usually have two to four and it's a little troubling navigating, but when you feel more comfortable and confident with the people, depending on where you are and the understanding, it makes it go really well. I found a gluten-free crepe place, a completely gluten-free crepe place right by my house that I was staying at or the little uh, hotel. That was phenomenal. And the guy was so nice and he understood English pretty well, but he was totally though someone that I could, if I stayed more than, you know, two days, because we went from Strasbourg for two days, two and a half days to uh, Luxembourg for two and two and a half days. And then yeah, Paris for two and a half days. He probably could help me with my French a lot, but he made a joke. Have you guys passed your French exams yet? Nope. Clearly not. Uh, your English is a thousand times better than mine. But yeah, I just, I would highly recommend that creepery. I will put the name in my description later because I just uh, loved it so much. And I understand the frustration. I would also put another one in the list of that understood and got it well. I also... Finally, by the end of the week, it was getting a little colder, so I had chocolate chow or chocolate Viennese, which I know I pronounced Vienna, Viennese wrong, but basically it's a hot chocolate, a thick hot chocolate made with dark chocolate, simmered down in like 2% milk with whipped cream. It's so phenomenally good, and I said to my mom, no wonder I love chocolate through my history, etc., but just this was so good. Their cappuccinos are amazing. Here's the one thing I will say, and they already know, and you already know you're going to get upcharged because you speak with an English or an American accent, Canadian, etc. Anytime anyone, there was a British family that came in, speaks English, they're immediately like ka-ching, especially against the Eiffel Tower. My mom and I went over to a place that we were just trying to find me something to eat for breakfast because it's really hard. And we asked Sans Gluten. The guy understood. He got a lot of good English. But then since the prices weren't entirely listed or we weren't quite understanding, which we knew would happen probably. And because Paris is the capital city and things are way more expensive, there is inflation everywhere. The fact of the matter is the Eiffel Tower was closed for nearly a year. They all have to catch up those restaurants, etc. So nothing surprises me anymore. I had a ham and cheese omelet that was phenomenal, which I'll give it to the, and a medium cappuccino. But the way that my mom and I figured it out, we were just like, we know very well. But again, he was doing that to every 
he slash the restaurant were overly, like, I not even say gimmicky, but you know that when you go to a tourist trap, that's going to happen. And it's okay. And a lot of them are nice enough to help you along the way with the words. Like, I would say that it is completely opposite than how it's portrayed in a lot of things. I was a little nervous of going there. But the people are so friendly and kind, and they really do want you to enjoy your experience. Aside from just, again, the really surrounding. I wouldn't say they were still nice, but you know that they were really, like, there for business. And they knew that tourists were fall every time for their kind of area. But that's all right. And to be honest, I always love a good omelet from France or Luxembourg. And I say France or Luxembourg because the way that they make it is so much more brown. Their scrambled eggs are great, but they're just usually a little more buttery and less brown. So that's why I highly recommend the omelet. But the way that they just set up their meals, too, it's not even that they're inherently healthier or that their ingredients are that much better. I think it's just that they sit down and they enjoy their food and their life and their meal. People knew we are Americans, not actually because we didn't talk. Because the way we dress is actually not that different than a lot of them surprisingly it was because by the end after we started opening our mouths but by the end we were like we got to go 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 because we had certain attractions to get to but we didn't really get up take away things very often so uh, that's the one thing I'm proud of because I've also been trying to set that mindset more since I've gotten diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and that's why I think I do better in a country like that. However, I'm not bashing either place again. I just have to emphasize that because I don't know how much is going to be taken in or out of context. That's the thing with also being in a remotely public eye. Like I am, I am grateful again that I'm not so big that people don't know too much and I put myself out there just enough that I need to connect, etc. I will say, though, within being a day back here in the U.S., I've already noticed some of the stress coming back of just when am I going to get a job? What am I going to do with my life, et cetera? And I kind of didn't have that as much. There were certain moments where I think when I started to get kind of about talking about family and then suddenly realizing some screwed up things about myself, I... (laughs) noticed how suddenly I care about insurance and everything being here and then I'm starting to just wonder what is next step and I said to my mom even as we were driving through town today things aren't as pretty here now granted I was on the more industrial building side not quite by our little rivers but she said there's beauty in everything which I have to kind of keep in mind that's kind of how Europe sees things etc but It's just so interesting to see how us as U.S. citizens, Canadians, Americans, whatever you want to call us, we romanticize Europe so much. Europe romanticizes the U.S. so much. We both have problems. The world has problems. And I think that if we just acknowledge some of that, not saying that it'll get better or anything like that, but it'll at least make things a little more looking in a lens that is better. 
I've had to take a lot of deep breaths today, get back recentered, grounded. I slept a lot. I went to sleep last night at nine o'clock for no reason. I mean, yes, a reason because I'm tired as hell. But I had originally planned to just drink a little bit of coffee because oddly enough, I've been having a little bit of caffeine before bed and I still sleep great and you're up. But I didn't do that. I just passed out, which was fine because. I'm exhausted. I still am. I'm working to get this podcast out on time, like I said last time. I mean, nothing is perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know, all those great things. But I'm trying to just keep up with the schedule because that does well for me. I also witnessed on Instagram today how great it was to just check in and see another. I follow a lot of ADHD accounts and I know people are going to be like, why? Because I'm sick of the toxic self-improvement cycles and just that I know I will get there on my own. Again, I talked about this like a week ago, two weeks ago, just the different conversations I was having with different co-workers. My co-worker that's my boss that I look so highly up to that didn't know, and I mentioned this last week, just some of the jokes or some of the little sayings of life, like green thumb means that you're a gardener. But we're all on our own journey. There, And her, his cousin, she's someone I admire so much and look up to so much that I couldn't even begin. I want to do a lot of stuff she does. But just with how COVID and everything played out, it's just so hard. And no matter how hard you network, but the funny thing is, again, when I was in Europe, I didn't notice people were networking. I didn't notice people were, they were just living life and calm. I'm not saying they don't have their own stresses. I mean, I watched a very depressing film on the plane yesterday. So it's called, it starts today. I think everyone should watch it. Just, just a trigger warning. The mom commits suicide. And does it with her kids in a combo thing. So I just want you to be aware because the description on airplanes, you guys need to change it up a little bit. The description it gave me was that it was like going to be more hilarious, not this telling of a story of this impoverished little northern French city. This was filmed in 99, but you definitely should. You can get subtitles it's on Netflix or Amazon from what I've seen but it's just a very eye-opening experience it's about a coal mining town obviously I'm not giving too much away but because there's like a huger picture in it but I do want to tell you it is more of a drama there are good moments of laughs but the way that it talks about is real life and I really appreciate it and I'm glad I finished it but it's about a pre-K teacher, kindergarten teacher in this small town of coal mining that used to get all their money from that. So it was a once affluent area that turned into not so much. The mothers had to stay home while the fathers kept looking for work. And it's not like a stay-at-home mom. And then they were talking about the whole school system and how they're ready, etc. What the government does. It's just very eye-opening because I think it also applies to today's life, especially post-COVID. Why teachers are all on strike. Why all these jobs are going crazy. It's just... I'd say it's a 10 out of 10, and 
I just highly recommend it. I just wanted to give that trigger warning because I know it's sensitive subject. They don't show it, but they show like the aftermath of it. And I just need to specify because I was not prepared. I thought again, it sounded like a joke of a like movie, which I'm not trying to be mean, but I thought I would be laughing. I thought it would be this kooky situation, you know, mom. You know, uh, even though it's sad, mama, like, abandons her kids, but she leaves them with the teacher. The teacher's left with these two kids is how it's described. And it goes haywire trying to figure out everything. I thought it was going to be a comedy. And that's just where synopsis is sometimes don't do a lot of good or explanation that goes along with it. But... It's truly important that we watch films like this because it starts to get your brain thinking more. And I highly, highly recommend it as far as horror film go. I also watched The Fallout again for the second time. Again, what I've thought about, which I hadn't really mentioned to people before, but I've stated in kind of the special that I did back in June, May, But I was a kid in high school, and people will know this story, but watching it reminded me of, again, how lucky it was. And again, it wasn't ever someone really in our building. And I say wasn't someone ever really, because I don't know the whole story. I only know parts of it. But I know how I felt in that moment, like many other kids And we also had, like I said back then, this was in 2014, we also had students visiting from Ireland. We had exchange students. And people were like, they have a cool story, which again, I mentioned this again, they don't have a cool story. They're probably like saying what they're saying right now. And when I watched the fallout, it's like nothing has changed. And people always wondered why I might have overreacted, like, to certain stories because it never ends and yes thank god mine didn't end badly but we were sitting in lockdown for an hour and a half and I like many others it just I can't speak for everyone because that was like a whole school but just being locked in Putting down the drapes, like all this stuff is traumatic for anyone. And we haven't done anything. Nothing has changed. And the only reason I mentioned this is because watching the fallout again, when I heard her say six minutes, like wishing for six minutes, I wish it was that short. Again, I'm not saying because that one was way more traumatic, like everyone else's stories, the real stories. But there needs to be a change. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is because even when I was in France, the police, this is a story about a 15-year-old who got drunk and passed out in the middle of my area that I was staying at. And I know, and I know, like, this is too, but she was shit-faced. And this is a time where I say, you learn who your true friends are, girl, because Her one friend was standing by her, kept saying and calling out for help. I unfortunately could not help. I didn't know what to do. But then, thank God, a woman came by, heard her friends being concerned, and she went down and grabbed the police. And the police immediately came up, did everything called an ambulance. I, she was 
breathing alive, you know, like, I know she was rushed to the hospital. Again, I'm pretty sure everything turned out okay, but I don't, too much, but I'm just saying, her other friends were just sitting, standing around in a circle. I know they might have been talking about what do we do, but I also, or the panic that goes, no, don't get the police, because if we get the police, then she might get arrested for underage drinking. But in this case, it was really a matter of life or death, I would say, at least. She looked like she was having alcohol poisoning. My mom, luckily, well, not luckily, but my mom can tune out so much stuff that's going on. Not to say she wouldn't have helped if someone came up in the U.S., etc., because she is very loving and helpful. But I'm talking about in the specific situation, someone gave me a look and tried to get me to help, and I felt so bad because I don't know the language. I don't know really how to help. This was not, but she looked at anyone. This girl was looking at anyone to help her out. And I was just telling my mom, this is how you know who your true friends are. And then anyway, all her other friends stood by her and I could kind of understand what was going on in the background. But just the fact that the whole area was trying to help this girl. Now, I'm not saying that that happens every day, but it just shows different levels of things that are going on. And again, I'm not saying it's great there. I'm not saying it's great here. I'm not saying anywhere is better than any. I'm just sharing the differences that I have noticed along the way that I'm hopeful other people can compare and contrast to. And the reason I mentioned the fallout at the end, I just was hopeful that when the screen goes black after her screaming over it never ending in a while, that she and her friends just joined the Fight for Our Lives march. And I'm not even saying that that would have been super, like, hopeful, optimistic. I just meant ending it that way, both watching it both times that way. I get it, like, what the power was or the thing they were trying to do. I just was like, with how many minutes are left in the credits, you could have added just a tiny bit more. That's all I'm going to say. That's my one critique. Otherwise, it was phenomenally acted. I just hadn't had the t chance to really talk about it or want to talk about it because, oddly enough, I feel things very strongly, and it just reminded me, and I know people don't care to hear about this because, again, it wasn't that big of a deal in the end. But I, I still think about that day a lot. I think of kind of the moments that I felt was feeling during that. And I wonder how other, but it's just so mind boggling. But I think when the scene, let me finish with uh, Jenna Ortega talking. Yeah, Veda talking up to someone to get her drugs to get through the day because she was scared and didn't feel safe and the life is fucking hard scene that was beyond phenomenally done and I loved it because I feel that so much but when she is getting drugs that's how the whole thing started from what I understand for our lockdown and I think I got really angry there I'm not trying to judge 
I know she was doing what she could do to get through the day, but I just was like, come freaking on. And when you really think about the relationship with her sister, that it was the best moment ever because in the end, I totally got what she saying. I love how they, by the end, put the perspective on how the trauma affects everyone. Yes, it solely, like, it's physically affected and emotionally, et cetera affected Veda, but Mia and all of her friends. But when you see her sister say, what if I'm next? You hear her sister say, it's all my fault because I called you in the middle of the day and you wouldn't have been in that hallway. But then her sister saying, "You, I wouldn't have been, none of us would have been safe anywhere given the circumstances, which is true. It's just so bone chilling. And I just think about all the different things that go on in this world, as well as, again, I watched King Richard. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. I did give in and watch Top Gun Maverick, and it was phenomenally acted. Loved Miles Teller in this, Val Kilmer, you know, the whole thing. Watched it free on an airplane, but I still have mixed feelings about the whole Tom Cruise stuff, and I just understand that this is getting longer than usual, but that's how much stuff I had to get through, and I hope you enjoy this longer conversation that I have had kind of with myself and the universe, because there is so much things that I have yet to discover or get into between acting, my life, my job, my emotional well-being as well as my physical well-being and just understanding my ancestors more as well as understanding gluten-free because gluten-free is super stressful to be abroad and I really love Europe and I'm not trying to bash it in any way it was for like I did very good but Europe I just will say the one thing is yes we can we can applaud it for being better Quote unquote, with its ingredients. Many dietitians have proven that there is just different names for it, etc., but they're not really better or worse. They just have more diversity within their own little countries. Like the US is a huge country, so it is, they have a little more diversity in how to get or in a little more easy accessibility to get fresher produce, etc., or locally ish produce because of how the regions are set up but I will say that the whole gluten-free is a little harder to go by but you can sometimes get there so as I sign off this week I obviously talked a lot about some heavy things as you think about some of those things as well as your life just know I had a great time I was glad to spend it and get some things done also, just a little quick update, my aunt that I've talked about, who's been on, mentioned on here, just who's been in the hospital and sick, she's doing a thousand times better. So if anybody, I told you about some of the situation and have been sending out good vibes, I very much appreciate it. Keep sending those. And next week, I will be back talking about, you know, whatever is coming to mind then. I hope you enjoyed this. Remember to hit like and subscribe and comment below. We will gab soon. See you then.